Okay, I'm going to have Shabbos, Shabbosai, Shalom Aleichem, good to see everybody. <clears throat> First, I want to share with you some thoughts on the parasha, Parashas Aboy. <clears throat> Rashi tells us that when it came to Makas Bechayros, first Hashem struck down the Bechor Behema. Uh, so Rashi says, why did Hashem strike down Bechor Behema? <coughs> says Rashi, when Hashem punishes the nations of the world, He first punishes their God. So this uh, made me think of something... Uh, I think it's an interesting idea. We, we, we encounter this often. That's why the Nile was struck first, because they worshipped the Nile. <clears throat> the idea that before Hashem attacks the nation, He first destroys their idol. In fact, we find that Rashi at the end of Parsha Shlach tells us that the reason why Parshas... <clears throat> Uh, the reason why Tzitzis has eight strings is because it took them eight days from the time they left Egypt until they sang Shira. So the Maral asks, what's Rashi talking about? Eight days? They sang Shira on the seventh day. How did it take eight days? So Maral says <clears throat> that from the fall of Mitzrayim, it was eight days because Mitzrayim fell Erev Pesach when God destroyed their gods. So this idea that before Hashem destroys the nation, He first destroys their god. The thing is, nowadays we don't have Avodah Zara. However, many Svarim it brings, uh, most notably in the Sefer Igrois HaKodesh, which is in the back of the Sefer Noyam Elimelech, that even though the Anshikas HaGdoyla were not Mavatal Yitzhahara, however, they transferred it to uh, the desire for money. In other words, they didn't abolish the Yitzhahara completely. They just moved it to money. So nowadays, money is Mamesh Zara. Nowadays, money is Mamesh Zara. So it comes out that how would Hashem operate nowadays if Hashem was, so to speak, bringing retribution? The first thing that would occur would be the economy goes down the tubes. The first thing that would happen would be a, a downward spiral in the economy. So, you know, extrapolating from the procedure of Hashem is nifra me'alaykeha tchila. So nowadays that would play out. Hashem first uh, punishes on the uh, uh, by inflicting the economy. Okay, next idea. In Parak Yud Aleph, Pasuk Ches. The Pasuk says, And your whole people that are by your foot. So Rashi is troubled. What do you mean the people that are by Paro's feet? What, Paro had a nation that lived by his feet? <clears throat> so Rashi says it means the nation that follows your advice and your walking. In other words, it means you and all the people that follow your advice. But it really, it just struck me that the way to say people who follow your, your advice, Rashi says those who follow your counsel and your walking. Why is that the way to say someone who follows advice, someone who follows your path or your hiluch? I think we see an important idea that to give advice to other people, it's really only effective and people will only follow it 
if they see that this is not like something, oh, this is what he thought of, or this is his idea, but this is his derech. In other words, people learn more from your personal example. Your Eitzah will be received, your Eitzah will be adhered to, your Eitzah will be followed, if it's not just an idea you thought of, but it's your derech, it's your hiluch, then people will follow it. Okay. Um, this past week, a friend of mine, Shlomo Margarefta, asked me, we set over from the Meshachachma uh, recently, that when Hashem appeared to Yaakov Avinu B'maros Halayla in the nighttime, that was very unusual. God usually appears to a Navi only in the daytime. So Meshachachma explained after God already established a relationship with Avram and Yitzchak, Biyoim, so then God was able to speak to Yaakov, Balayla. He, an example of that, the Meshachachma says, is once Hashem speaks to a Navi in Eretz Yisrael, He could continue to speak to them in Chutzla Eretz. That's a general approach of um, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So my friend Roshom Margarefta asked, but by the Brisbane Rabbisarim it says, Vayhi Hashemesh Lavai Visardema Nafla Al Avram. That implies that God spoke to Avram Belayla, doesn't it? Vayhi Hashemesh Lavai. So actually it struck me, Rashi in this week's parsha deals with a similar issue. That on the Pasuk HaChodesh Hazel Lachem, it says that Hashem showed Moish Rabbeinu Levana Bechidusha. Hashem showed Moshe Rabbeinu the moon in its renewal. Rashi's bother, you can't see the moon during the day. So Rashi says, Moreover, Rashi's bothered, God never spoke to Moshe in the nighttime. So Rashi answers, you're right, God only spoke to Moshe in the day. It was right before the Shkia. And right before the Shkia, the Shkia when it was a little bit dark, He showed him the moon. So maybe you could say the same thing with the breast Ben Habasarim. It doesn't actually say it was nighttime. It says, The sun was to come. In other words, it didn't actually set, but it was sort of approaching the time to set. And you could say that the breast Ben Habasarim also was um, close to the Shkia, but not Mamesh in the nighttime. Okay, if you look in the Haggadah Shal Pesach, we find that... We have a stanza in the Haggadah, Yachal Meirosh Chodesh Tamalaymer Bayaymahu. By the way, Rav Aaron Cutler says, "When do Yachal Meirosh Chodesh? When do you ever start preparing for Yom Tov two weeks before? It should say Yachal Mipurim. I would think you start Shloishim Yom Kaidem Achag." So Rav Aaron Cutler proves from there that the Haggadah was written by Rav Shimon Gamliel, who says you start preparing for Yom Tov two weeks before. But Rashi says. In uh, on on the words Dabru el Kol Adas Yisrael, that Dabru Hayoyim Berosh Chodesh, tell them today on Rosh Chodesh that they should take the sheep on the tenth of the month. So what do we see from here? That the command to separate the Pesach was on Rosh Chodesh. Moshe was commanded speak to them on Rosh Chodesh and let them know to separate the cat the animal on the tenth. So maybe this is the basis for what we say in the in the Haggadah, Yachal Mei Rosh Chodesh, because that was really the beginning of the Tzivoy, of the Karben Pesach, was on Rosh Chodesh. Okay. Then, um, another idea. Rashi says, on the words, Mishchu u'kuchu lachem, 
draw and take. So Rashi says, if you have a sheep in your flock, use that sheep. Otherwise, if you don't, buy one from the marketplace. Min hashok. So I was just troubled. Why dafka if I have a sheep? Why do I have to use that sheep? Why can't I? I like that sheep. He's a nice sheep. He says, bah. He has nice wool. I want to make a sweater. So I'll go buy a sheep. What's the Indian that if I have a sheep, I should dafka use that sheep? And if I don't have a sheep, only then I could buy. Furthermore, um, furthermore, uh, this looks like it's unedited. I gotta fix this up. But, um, it should say, Vigama Shapiresh, it doesn't work. With what Rashi said earlier, Mishchu Kachu, pull your hand away from Abayi Zara and take a sheep for the mitzvah. That's a different drasha. It's like a stira. First Rashi on the spot says, Mishchu, if you have a sheep, use that. And if you don't, buy one from the store. But Rashi earlier said, Mishchu, draw forth, retreat your hand from Abayi Zara and take a sheep for the mitzvah. I mean, that's a different drasha. Mishchu kachu, remove yourself from Avedah Zara. Wean yourself off from Avedah Zara. So I want to say like this. One answers the other. Chadam etaretzus chaverta. Namely, what's the reason why, if you have a sheep in your flock, you should dafka use that? Because if you have that sheep in your flock, there's a danger, you have it, Maybe you had thoughts of Avodah Zarah, maybe you'll use it for Avodah Zarah, maybe an Egyptian considered Avodah Zarah. Because the purpose of the Karben Pesach is Mishchu Yedeichem and Avodah Zarah Mitzvah, therefore that dictates that if you have the sheep in your possession, use that sheep, don't keep that sheep in your possession and go buy a different one. That would sort of defeat the purpose of removing from Avodah Zarah. The sheep was Avodah Zarah, of the Mitzrim. Okay. Rashi brings an amazing idea. Uh, Rashi brings, it says, the Jewish people went and shechted the Pesach. And Rashi's bothered, but they didn't do it yet. So Rashi says, the famous principle, since they accepted upon themselves to do it, it's considered as if they did it. Which is a beautiful concept. When a person's makabal upon themselves to do something, Hashem reckons it as if they did it. But I'm just thinking, why dafka do we find this concept over here in this juncture? That once Klaisol accepted upon themselves to bring the carbon Pesach, it was considered as if they did it. So I want to say, the Pasuk right before, Hashem told them, you're going to go into Eretz Yisrael, you're going to have children, you're going to be redeemed. And the Pasuk says, They prostrated and they bowed. Rashi says, what did they thank Hashem for? for the report of redemption, entering Eretz Yisrael, and that they were going to have children. God told them they would be redeemed. They weren't redeemed yet. God told them they would go into Eretz Yisrael. They didn't go into Eretz Yisrael yet. God told them they would have children. They didn't have children yet. But they thanked Hashem as if it happened. So Hashem said, when I promise to do something, you thank me because you know that you could take it to the bank and in your mind it's as if it happened. 
I will meet the Kineged Midah, when you're Mechabel to do something, I will respond in kind and consider it as if you did it. So it comes out maybe that this principle of it's not carte blanche. It depends if you sort of have the bitachon in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and you view HaKadosh Baruch Hu in that light, then Hashem will do the same for you. Okay. Or maybe you could say, as a reward for our bitachon and thanking Hashem, ki'ilu asu, so Hashem gave us, so to speak, the gift of ki'ilu ma'am mishakibal al-atzmei mitzvah ki'ilu asisam. One more. This is Mamish Matanam and Ashamayim. I'm working now on uh, Haggadah in English. It's Bez Hashem. I have to submit it uh, at the end of next week. If anybody wants to be Mishtatev, now would be a very good time. There's a famous Kasha of the Briskarov. This is probably the most iconic question on the, on the Seder. The question is, since there's a mitzvah to remember Yitzhiyah Mitzrayim every single night of the year, what exactly is so unique and special about the night of the Seder? And it hit me that I think Rashi is saying a revolutionary meaning of the word Vihigadita and the word Haggadah. If I were to ask you, what does Haggadah mean? Most people say to speak, to say, no, 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 that's not what the word means. Look at Rashi. Rashi says, Rashi says that we're talking about the She'ino Yadeh Lishol, and we need to open up for him with words of Agada that draw the heart. I think we see a great thing from here. That Rashi is mafarish, the word vihigadita. It doesn't mean sipur. It means to draw. Hamshacha. Agadita. That's moishech the lev. The word vihigadita means you need to draw. Where do we find examples of this? Good asik. Good agada. Good asik means you take the piece you have and you draw it up. Good achis. You take the piece you have, you draw it down. In other words, the mitzvah is not to say over the events of Yitzhiya Mitzrayim. The mitzvah is to engage and draw the hearts of your children. The mitzvah of Vihigar Haggadah is erroneously translated as to speak. Who says that? I would argue, Rashi! And I'll tell you, I saw this Rashi many, many times in my life. And I never realized what Rashi's saying. Rashi's saying the Haggadah, Vihigarita is to be moishech, to draw, to pull, to engage. If you say the story, but you're not pulling on the heartstrings of your children, you did not complete and fulfill the mitzvah. That's the Indian of Haggadah, the redefinition of Haggadah of Rashi, Rabban Shal Yisrael. Okay, Merv Rabbi Yisai, that's part one of today's shir.